Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Wooldridge, and today I am joined by a very special guest, Emma Fife. Everybody, yay! Thank you so much, studio audience, for that warm welcome. The wonderful studio audience. Listen, they're in the chat right now. You can join us in the chat at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers, and you can be the audience, and you can say yay in the chat. Um, So this is the podcast where we like to talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, and just anything that strikes our fancy. Um, And today we're here with Emma to talk about um, her new network, Venn. Um, and to talk about video games and anime and all that fun stuff. But for the kids at home, Emma, yes. that don't know who you are, I'm assuming all of them do, but in case they don't, <laughs> who are you, where they can, where can they find you, and what are you up to? Uh, well, my name is Emma Fife. I am a broadcaster, pundit, host. I, I could, my, my job description could be any number of things. It's endless. Uh, who who dwells firmly in the world of nerddom, uh, lots of movies tv shows uh comics anime video games that kind of stuff uh you can find me commentating on it all over the internet but most recently uh i am the host of a new uh news program called the download over at ven tv uh ven is a new network that is uh think of it as like an mtv for gamers uh in the way that like mtv Back in its heyday, I'm talking 80s, 90s MTV. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, that much in the way that MTV was not strictly music, it simply used music as sort of the driving force that brought everybody together. And it was sort of the intersection of music, pop culture, uh, TV movies, et cetera, that's what then is, but with gaming at the center of it. So it's uh it's a an entertainment network for sort of the gaming audience, people who grew up playing video games. Nice. Which is, uh, yeah. I would imagine a majority of our audience. So for people that want to check yes, out, yes, a hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So for people that want to check out Ven, where's the best place for them to go take a look at it? Well, right now, uh, we are on our website, which is Venn.tv. They have a built-in media player there where you can watch it. Uh, you can great. also find the VODs of all the previous programming from this past week when we launched, available to rewatch there if you want to. We're also on YouTube. My recommendation would be if you're looking to get involved uh, with our rapidly growing Venn community, then the best place to watch is on Twitch, uh, mm-hmm. which is twitch.tv slash watch Venn, uh, just because that's the place where most of our viewership is coming from right now and there's a lot of interactivity there as well uh and if you want to interact with the hosts live on the show because that is a big component of it if you go to the twitch then they'll also link you to the discord etc and you can like start interacting um with everybody that's making this crazy network come to be (laughs) so tell us more about your show um the download and what you talk about there Yeah, so the download is our daily news program. Daily, as far as then goes. Right now, we're only Wednesdays through Fridays, as far as weekdays go. Though that's my that's my favorite form of daily. Exactly right. Like three three days a week. That's your work week right there. Um, and uh, but yeah, so you you can catch us there. Um, it is it's again, it's an entertainment news show. We yes, we certainly cover a lot of gaming topics, but we also cover. Things like movie releases, and obviously we've talked a lot recently about uh, sort of the, the the status of how movies are getting released, particularly with the news <laughs> of Mulan going to VOD uh, via Disney+, Plus, uh, particularly because Jimmy Wong, who is one of my co-hosts, is in the movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, so we've been talking a lot about that. Um, gosh, what else have we been covering? Again, it, it's it the way that we kind of approach it is it's like any sort of news that would be of interest to people who also like video games and not just strictly gaming news. So I think that, you know, for, for me, especially uh, people mostly know me from broadcasting regarding movies and TV, 
And that is still something that's being covered on the download. So, like, don't be dissuaded by the video games of it all if you wouldn't say that gaming is necessarily your passion. Um, Also, gaming may be your passion and you just don't quite get it because maybe you don't play FPS uh, and you're not involved or interested in esports at all. Uh, That's something that Ven really believes in is that, like, a gamer is not just one thing. And so we're trying to create a really inclusive space where people who've pre Previously been labeled like casual gamers are welcome and seen and just as valid as people who are maybe more into the competitive side of gaming. I like that a lot because just like the comic book community, I think the video game, obviously the video game community is uh, a significantly more lucrative industry uh, than the comic industry. Uh, But it has a similar, uh, but uh, there is a similar, when people think about gamers, just like when they think about comic readers, there's a very specific type of person. That, that pretty much exclusively looks like me, especially right now with the Justice League shirt I'm wearing right now. Yeah. But when you're in that community, it, uh, I'm always because obviously I'm more uh, my roots are more in the comic book community. Although I do yeah. love video games, the 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 amount, especially when you get into indie games, especially when you get into that, the yeah. creativity as people uh-huh. decide to do different things, experiment differently with the interactive medium. Um, it's it's such a broad, diverse industry and community. Just like yeah. people think comic books are like superheroes, but it's like, but there's but it's, crime there's so comics and there's sci-fi yeah. comics. And then there's, you know, like there's LGBTQ comics that are about relationships. Yeah. It's like everything, literally everything. Everything. Well, because again, like comic books are a medium. They yes. are not a genre. Same with video games. Video yeah. games are a medium. They are not a genre. There, there are video games about everything i mean to me anything that has any sort of interactivity between you and sort of the ai of the game and any sort of decision making and you even if it's something you're playing on your phone like that that is a video game you know the there's a huge demographic of gamers that are like moms in the midwest playing candy crush you know yeah. what i mean and that's and that's great and that is exactly our sort of attitude towards gaming is that like we want to be inclusive of anybody that enjoys video games and like anyone who enjoys video games can call themselves a gamer yeah Um, and i I think it's and i I like that i like that ideology um because i i people go and watch movies or listen to music and enjoy those mediums and there's not there's not this feeling of like a high bar of entry yeah to enjoy them and and i think it's important for mediums that um you love that you want to take that feeling of like like i want more people in my comic shop you know what i mean yeah. so i want to take away that sense of like well i don't know trust, trust me there's something there check out giant you don't want people punching people check out giant days like 100 uh, percent. you know there's there's so much and similar with gaming like you talk about the um uh, uh steam story I, I don't even now i'm out of my depth but but the, the opportunities for um games you can get on pc or different platforms or even um the nintendo or playstation e-shops or whatever these yeah. little indie games that can do stuff that that you wouldn't even think um, uh, you wouldn't even consider an interactive medium Completely. is doing. Yeah. yeah, and it's so funny to me just like the response that I've gotten as, you know, I've started doing some press stuff for then and talking to people and so many people when I say like, I'm not into FPS, but I'm really, because I'm like comically terrible at it, <laughs> comically terrible at it, but I love jrpgs and so you know then you know i was doing an interview the other day and the guy who was interviewing me was like oh dang like you play in persona 5 and i was like heck yeah man Mm -hmm. and and so like again it's just it's so fun especially too because you know with our community with then like we we posed a question yesterday like what game would you like to see get uh, an HD remaster yeah. uh, and get re-released in the PlayStation store or whatever. And the, the answers were overwhelmingly RPGs, platformers, yeah. adventure games. Like there's so, so much in, in the scope of gaming. Yeah. And as far as sort of contemporary treatment of what's really being covered in the media in any sort of really like 
high quality production level way, it's all esports. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, which again, we welcome. I mean, we have so many people on our on our team of hosts who are esports casters. You know, like that. That's certainly something that is represented at Ben as well. But it's just like that's only a piece of it. Yeah, that's I, I, so cool. I really appreciate that. Everybody should go check out Van, especially as they're, this is a great time to kind of like get into the community as things are starting. Yeah. And be a part of that as it grows. Now, real quick, before we go any further, I'd like to tell you about our friends over at Coastal. Now, pretty much everybody is on lockdown right now, so it's not the best time to go out and get glasses, but you want to know how they look on your face, right? Don't worry. Coastal has your back. They make it so easy. You can browse and virtually try on hundreds of frames without having to leave your couch. You don't even need to turn off the TV. At Coastal.com, you can get prescription glasses starting at $9 with free shipping and 30-day risk-free returns. Plus, they have the most advanced virtual try-on technology you'll find anywhere. Turn your frames into sunglasses by testing out colored lens tints or finally see what a cat eye or aviator would really look like on your face. With Coastal, you don't have to spend hours at the store or hundreds of dollars. Go to Coastal.com, pick frames you want, and see how they look on you on your phone then enter your prescription details and order now i don't wear glasses but my wife wears glasses and she found coastal's trial technology to be wonderful and her glasses are great coastal has over 2,000 frames to choose from and 24-hour customer support we're talking about newsweek's america's best customer service you'll never have to waste time or money at an expensive optometrist ever again go to coastal.com now, through October 31st, they're offering our listeners the best deal they have going anywhere. 50% off your first pair of glasses at Coastal.com slash stupid. Get free shipping, 30-day risk-free returns, and 50% off at Coastal.com slash stupid. That offer only lasts until October 31st. And the website is spelled C-O-A-S-T-A-L.com slash stupid. Some restrictions apply, but you should go check that out right now. Now back to the show. Let's talk about what you're into this week. So every every episode, mm. we like to um, ask our guests what they're into, what they're watching or reading. And obviously, you're busy with Ven. Uh, yes. But is there something you were able to? And it doesn't have to be this week. We say this week because it's we're yeah. talking about this week. But it can be at any time. Something that uh, you'd like to talk about. Yeah, yo, I got a couple of things. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, one is uh, I'm reading the Witcher books. Now. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so I, so, okay, this is this, I impart this wisdom upon anybody else who Please. wants to read the Witcher books. Please. Cause I've considered so it. So the one that is labeled book one, blood of elves, uh -oh. don't start there. You need to read the two books that come before it. Okay. So there's like two collections of short stories basically, okay. um, which is, uh, the last wish and, Oh God, the other one is like the something of destiny, like sort of destiny or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm I, I'm now reading The Last Wish, though I finished Blood of Elves. If you've watched the Netflix series, which is amazing, yeah. if you haven't watched it, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It was my surprise runaway hit of 2019. Loved it, yeah. Did not did not expect to love it. Um, yeah. as as much as I did, I was like, oh, this seems kind of up my alley, and I just com fell completely in love with it. And playing Witcher 3, reading yeah. the books, like I'm all in on Witcher now. Um, if you start with Blood of Elves and you've only read and you haven't read the first two books, the short stories, you won't be that confused. Yeah. Because the stuff that's in those books is mostly covered in the TV show up to this point. Cool. But I would recommend reading those books first. So, so again, I, I uh, but yeah, so uh, I, I'm now going back to read the short stories and that's, yeah. Great. So in the uh, continuum of, because mm -hmm. uh, I think like a lot of people, I, I was introduced to it through Witcher 3, which was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yes. And then I watched the show, which, which for me took a little time to like get into it but like by the You're time not alone. <laughs> yeah but by the time he's fighting the monster and he pulls out the silver wolf knuckle dusters i'm like well i'm all in this is You're this like, is everything um, i've ever wanted um, uh, yeah. so so way into that where obviously both use the books as a as inspirations but how like is one more faithful to the books are they both just different ways of interpreting it how do how do the show and the, the game fit in with the books show, the show is very very faithful to the books gotcha. um but i will say that i like the way the show frames some things better it makes some changes to the book 
uh, that I really, really support. Cool. Uh, and that 100% has to do with the fact that uh, showrunner's a woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so, what, so with that in mind, what are, what, what are a couple of those changes? Um, well, it's like, for example, um, one of the first short stories in The Last Witch is uh, the the story with the Striga, um, okay. King Foltest's daughter, uh, out of the white. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like in the in the book, there's more like, you know, in in the book, it just they just lay it out a lot more, sort of plainly. I mm-hmm. feel like in the um. In the book, whereas I like the way they get into the story better on the show um, and the way they incorporate Triss into the story. And yeah, there's the again, I, I've kind of just started in on The Last Wish, but I know for sure um, based on like my friend Joelle uh, wrote a really great article about all the changes that she really thought were for the better. Yeah. Uh, and it's things like, you know, ch- little little changes to things like, oh, Yennefer's mother is not abusive of her in the show, whereas she is in the books and she's complicit in her, in her husband's abuse of her daughter. Um, And uh, like uh, Pavetta, for example, there's the unfortunate detail, I guess, in the books of like, they've, immediately find out that she's definitely not a virgin when she's able to use her powers because you can't use your powers if you're i mean they sort of address that in blood of elves though that like in general it's a myth that like you can't use magic if you're if you are a virgin it's it's which to be fair i like that reverse better Mm -hmm. than the like you will lose your powers if you lose your virginity which is a a recurring trope that i hate because it seems to only apply to women Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I mean, again, like I, I just like I, I think that the way, um, particularly the women characters are written, like, and again, they're great characters to begin with in the yeah. books. Like the the inspiration for them is there, and it's awesome. But just like the way they're handled, like particularly things like one of the things I really loved on the show um, was the way they handled like the whole Yennefer wanting to get the genie so that she could like wish to be able to have a child. Yeah. Um, I feel like in without any women involved in telling that story, it could have been like, Oh, well, a woman's only purpose is to be a mom. Yeah. And not that it comes across that way in the books, but right. you know, no, what I, I mean. totally get it. You know, I totally get it. And I like mm. the way I like the way Jennifer, of course, was portrayed in the show and the complexity oh, God, there, especially when it comes to that stuff. But I, I, one of my favorite things with the Witcher properties, I just love the idea of this like blue collar monster hunter. Like it's just, it's yeah. literally, it's literally, it's not about saving the world. It does get nope. there, but it's like, it's, it's just his job. Yep, it's just his job. So you yeah. pay, pay me and I'll fucking kill your thing. That's it. Exactly. Yeah, it is. It's like, it, it, it truly is, like you said, just like a working man mm-hmm. who's been put into a series of fairy tales. Yes. And, and just I, has to deal with it. So I'm a big, I was really happy when they announced um, the Netflix show. And I was really happy that the Netflix show was cool. Like it, it didn't yeah. suck. I, I was, oh, because no. I liked, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I liked all the stuff. Again, it's weird to come into a franchise on the third game. Um, yeah, I agree. But at the same time, I feel like Witcher 3 does a real... And again, like I'd already watched the Netflix series by the time I started playing Witcher 3. Oh, so wow. I was like, I already know who these characters are and I care about them, Yeah, um, which was nice. But that being said, I know so many people that Witcher 3 was their introduction to anything Witcher and they didn't feel lost. Yeah. Yeah, Sam, as... I didn't. I didn't feel lost either, and it just it, yeah. it felt like a very unique take, and I and I like the way the show's gone. Um, I'm a little nervous about they're doing a spinoff show. I'm like, I don't know if I need. That. Oh yeah, a prequel. Yeah, yeah I agree. Anytime I'm like, there's like just... prequels, and it's like I don't know if I care about that, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I'm like, can we just focus on on this show though? Because like this show's good yeah. and i just want more of this show well, especially when it's like it's gonna be the fantasy origins of the no that's not the part i care about i kind of care about yeah. the fact that it's not like a big yeah universe ending whatever but anyway so uh uh you're reading the witcher books and you're enjoying them yes. so far was there was there anything else you wanted to mention <laughs> y'all if you have not played fall guys we actually had somebody <laughs> in our discord ask about that tell i don't know what fall guys is tell me about that Oh my god. Okay. So, did you like Mario Party, DJ? Uh, you know what? I don't know if I've really played Mario Party. 
<laughs> so it's literally like somebody just took all the Mario Party mini games and made them a game. Okay. That you play with like 50 other people on the nice. internet. And it's just these like weird little like pill-shaped people mm -hmm. uh and you can get costumes for them and stuff like i have a wolf um hood and cool. hands and feet right now um but i also have like a bird head uh there's a hot dog costume and a pineapple costume it's super funny to see all the different costumes that you can get for these little dudes but you literally are just like, running around um trying to make it to the next round of mini games uh and it's so chaotic that like awesome. you can be you can be skilled at it but the chaos level of it is so intense i played last night for a few hours uh with some of the other uh folks over at ben and we were like crying laughing it's That's so awesome. much fun where can you get fall guys uh, you can get it for PS4 or for the PC. Right now, it doesn't support crossplay, but I assume that it will eventually. Okay. Um, if you have PS Plus, it's free right now. Very um, cool. But uh, yeah, I, I got it on PC though because everybody because everybody else had it on PC, so mm -hmm. we were that's how we were all playing together. Um, and yeah, you can get it on Steam. So very cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I've been I've been uh, uh, doing the Red Dead Online thing. Has kind of ah been my, nice. Uh, yeah, they have a new update eventually i'm gonna spend money on a on a new game but i've been trying to you know just save the money yeah, uh I get, uh, that. I get that so i also wanted to ask you you know you're talking about uh, the download you're talking about uh news and all that stuff i want to know if you had any thoughts about um uh rocksteady who did the batman arkham games oh, just did yeah. an announcement yesterday with and i believe uh you can correct me if i'm wrong i believe it was literally just the teaser image of it is just a teaser image yeah, yes it's, of it's, the suicide squad game yeah, the suicide squad yeah. game and the image is it's uh, appears to be superman with the suicide squad logo in the form of a crosshairs on his head however there is some speculation that because the overall design has a purple hue and there might be some like uh some edges to the face of superman that might imply that it's actually bizarro and not superman yes did you have any one did you play the Ark batman arkham games and two do you have thoughts on this suicide squad game yeah uh i've played the batman arkham games a little bit uh and again like i am super optimistic about this suicide squad game it's a little weird to me that this was not announced during like san diego comic-con at home you know what i mean yeah. because to me this feels like an announcement that would have been exciting and gathered people to hear about it but i mean again I, i'm i'm excited about the game either way uh because this is a company that we've already seen had a has a a lot of success dealing with dc properties so Absolutely. uh listen I am definitely excited to hear more about this. I will say that for sure. Uh, I'm in the same boat. I um, I, I think they might, although this is before that too, they might be saving right. more announcement for the DC Fandom event, which is kind of like DC's yes. like own Comic-Con at home or whatever, yeah. which is, yeah. is coming soon. Uh, I will say that if I were going to get a teaser involving Superman from Rocksteady, I was kind of hoping for a Superman game. But now I know yes. that they have the assets. They have yeah. the things. So maybe we'll get there. And, and also... Dude, with, I would love a Superman game. I, would, I am excited about Suicide Squad, but I would be like beyond stoked about a Superman game. Yeah, especially with their track record. You're like, oh, they cracked it. They figured it out. Uh, so yeah. maybe they're still trying to crack it because, you know, uh, Batman Arkham was more was more grounded, obviously, because it was Batman. So it makes sure, sense. Sure, it's Batman. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it makes sense with the Suicide Squad characters. Um, if, um, the majority of them in most iterations yeah. are, tend to be more grounded. Uh, yeah. And I like those characters. So Yeah, me too. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll, and also, we'll like, they did such a good job um, – with kind of the broad scope of the Batman rogues gallery in the Arkham games. So yeah. we already know that they're really good at handling sort of an ensemble cast. So I'm excited to inevitably be able to play as multiple characters in yes. a Suicide Squad game. Like well, you have to. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how much that lines up with, uh, you know, there's a new Avengers game, which also allows you to play new characters. I think superhero yes. games have had kind of a renaissance with the Arkham games and with the new Spider-Man game with um, standalone characters. And so it'll be yeah. interesting to see if they, if designers can kind of crack um, the playing as a team or as multiple yeah. characters and making that feel as like fun and empowering and stuff like that. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of our co-hosts got to play the beta of the Marvel Avengers game. What did they think? And he was saying that he was really impressed with how different all the characters felt. Cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to that. I. I I'm obviously hopeful. I'm. I'm glad that it's not just like the core movie characters. I'm glad we got Kamala Khan in there. Yeah. Uh, and obviously they announced Spider Man for for PS4. I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping it actually ties. I. I think the word on the street is that it does not tie to the Spider Man PS4 game. That feels like a missed opportunity. That feels like a missed opportunity. Now keeping it in a completely separate realm from the MCU, a hundred percent support. Yeah. But I feel like it should tie into the just because then maybe we'll get to see some of those Avengers characters in the next Spider-Man game. Yeah, that'd be fun. I know it's a completely different development studio is the problem. So I don't know. Yeah. Are there any on those notes before we go into some of these fan questions? Are there any upcoming games that you're really looking forward to? Uh, I'm so excited for Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, um, yeah, George Takei is uh, the voice of the villain in it. Cool. Uh, it's only the second Yakuza game to get uh, an English language track at all. Like most of them, they just have the Japanese language track and Can just, I- you know, titles yeah can i ask you a really dumb question and have you yeah. not judge me so i've not played the yakuza games okay um, are, is is it like grand theft auto but japan a little a okay. little yeah yeah i mean it's it's basically like a it's like a jrpg disguised as like a gta that chaotic sounds cool to me. um yeah it, they're su- they're super super silly and over the top okay. and just like fun so cool. yeah i'm really excited about like a dragon it looks awesome um what else am i I feel like there was one other game that i was stoked about oh okay so there's this jrpg called moon that was released originally in 1997 it's never been um officially released in the u.s though there were roms of it that were making the circulations that people were really into but moon is uh coming to the switch a remaster of it on uh august 27th so pretty soon yeah it was sort of the original it was way ahead of its time in that it was the original like self-referential self-aware jrpg in a way that and that was you don't fight any monsters in it um it was it was one of the main inspirations for the game undertale okay uh and so basically like you are playing as a person who's ended up in a jrpg nice and you're dealing with like the repercussions of these heroes having blazed through this town ruthlessly attacked all of these you know monsters that were just trying to live their lives and so it's like if you go into somebody's like an npc's house if you just like walk in they're like oh what the crap are you doing in my house? Nice. You know what I mean? Like, instead of like, you know, in your typical JRPG where you just bust into people's houses mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, you remind me of my grandson. Yep. And you're like, what? I just broke into your house. Yeah. Like, I'm throwing stuff around. I'm looking for items. I'm looting everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't mind me. What's in this drawer? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to check that out. I, I never played it before, but it sounds just great. And so. you said that's coming to the Switch? Yeah, it's coming out for Switch. Very cool. Mm -hmm. In the chat, um, people watching live, thank you everybody for watching live. Um, Danny M said he just caught God of God of High School anime, and he just finished uh, the HBO's The Leftovers. That's what he's into. Oh, I love The Leftovers. And he's a, you know, I should check it out. But it's so good. All right, I'm I'm nervous because I haven't always loved. Lindelof stuff. If okay, I'm being all right. Well, did you love Watchmen? <laughs> I loved most of Watchmen. Okay, all right. I didn't um, love the. If I'm being candid, I didn't love the ending of Watchmen. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Because I loved Watchmen. I loved the leftovers. Yeah. I loved the ending of the leftovers, and like, I, I just, I was so excited when it was announced that Lindelof was going to be doing Watchmen because I felt like having watched the leftovers specifically, I was like, Oh, he gets how to do this like very like personal story in the face of like world crises, et cetera. Um, so I don't know, man, leftovers. It's only three seasons. It's only three seasons. So I think, I think it's short. Yeah. I think so. I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot. Uh, uh, one of these days. Cause I've, I've heard nothing but great things. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, and I kind of 
you know, I, I kind of like those existential stuff. I will, you know, I think earlier it's, it was more of like, it just kind of looked like misery porn. Uh, sure, sure. And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know if I need that. Oh, that was my, that was my reaction when I first saw it advertised, et cetera. And the first season is a little more towards that, in my opinion, than the okay. latter seasons. The last two seasons are, it, it just keeps getting better and better, in my opinion. Like yeah. I liked season one, but like season two and three are so so good. <laughs> Great. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll give it some up and I yeah. will report back. I will let okay. people know uh, my thoughts. All right. Most of us are working from home now and it's harder than ever to communicate and interact with your coworkers and make those connections. Used to be you could just talk around the water cooler about your favorite shows or movies or just your day-to-day life. And we don't have water coolers anymore, but don't worry. There's a virtual water cooler at watercoolertrivia.com. Watercooler Trivia is a weekly trivia contest for work teams. It's super customizable, low-stakes weekly fun. Contests and results are sent over email or Slack. It's crazy easy to get started. It just takes under 20 seconds, and then you receive a join link to share with your coworkers. Then the weekly quizzes start. A 10-question quiz is sent on Mondays with responses due that night and results on Tuesdays. Results have the winners and stats, but also feature the funniest and closest wrong answer. It's super customizable. You can choose the trivia categories and difficulty for your team, including a personalized category that can be about the city you live in or tech or coffee or like we talk about on the show, movies, TV shows, video games, comics. You can also choose the timing too in case you don't want your quizzes on Mondays. Companies of all shapes and sizes dig water cooler trivia. We're talking about teams like Lyft, Nike, even groups of high school teachers from Arkansas, everybody. The list goes on. The joy comes not just from the trivia contest. There are no prizes besides bragging rights unless I guess your team wants to make a prize. It's up to you. But from the conversations that the trivia sparks, Hey, if email's not your team's bag, there's a cool Slack app that you can add to your team's workspace to get the contest and results over Slack. There's also a leaderboard. Head to watercoolertrivia.com slash stupid and you'll get four weeks completely free. No credit card required. Love that. No credit card required. Just sign up. Go to watercoolertrivia.com slash stupid. Just give it a whirl and see if folks on your team join in on the fun. Now back to the show. Let's take a second and go into some of these questions we have from our fans on the Discord. If you want to ask questions, you can go to patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers and uh, become a part of that community. Our Discord community is amazing, so I highly yeah. recommend checking that out and being a part of that, and that's where we get our questions for our guests. Um, so we have uh, from Kevin Cage 96 uh, we have a thing, you know, the, our name of our show is Only Stupid Answers. There are no dumb questions, only stupid answers. So we, yes. we like our fans to ask whatever's on their mind. Yeah, I and love since, it. Let's go. Um, you are known to be a sort of anime aficionado, we, for those that don't know, <laughs> yes. we had an anime show for a minute on our Patreon, and you were a big help in us kind of like navigating, was just so we didn't watch all the, all the same like genre <laughs> yeah, of thing, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, helping us navigate that. So Cage96 asks, this is just for my sake, is she a One Piece fan? Oh my God. So I am not into One Piece. Uh, I'm not completely unaware of One Piece. I, uh, you know, have a passing familiarity with it. Uh, I have a couple of friends that are like, well, one friend specifically who is like ride or die for One Piece. Okay. Uh, I have been told by my brother repeatedly who has, has like, committed himself to the one piece journey that it is actually as far as like the crazy long running shonen series goes he's like <laughs> so long one running. piece it's so long running so and my brother running. has assured me he's like listen he's like i do not recommend that you get into it because there's so much mm-hmm. he's like but i will say it's consistently really good which is rarely the case with those yeah, really yeah, yeah. long-running you, shonen shows. <laughs> with that in mind, do you believe him? <laughs> do I believe him? I think I do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to go to the premiere of a couple of the One Piece movies uh, that Funimation uh, put on out here in Los Angeles. So I, I've always had a fun ride whenever I've hopped in the One Piece realm of things. There you uh, go. I got to play in a one piece tabletop rpg one time there you go I mean, it was like one it was it took place in the world of one piece but we were all playing original characters Got it. uh it was real fun it was great I, I gotta tell you so we did the anime show and that was kind of our first you know growing up you know i'd watched uh dragon ball z and gundam yeah. wing and some of the stuff you know the 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 tsunami stuff. stuff yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and that was primarily my exposure to that medium 
Um, so when we were diving into it, you know, we were try- trying to do different stuff. And and uh, I think we fell down a rabbit hole. If we were kind of like feeling something, we we're like, well, how many episodes are there? So like you look at My Hero Academia, it's like, oh, this is totally manageable. I can totally get into this. Looked right. at One Piece. It is 935 episodes. No, yeah. I won't. Nah. Fuck that. I, it's the same thing when we've got people that'll be like, you need to check out Supernatural. I'm like, now? It's right. 15 yeah. seasons deep. Yeah. And they're like, trust me. Listen, the first like five or six seasons, not that great. But once you get to season seven, you need to watch all of them. But once you get to season seven, you're like, no, fuck you. No. No, no, no. I no, can't no. do that. Yeah. I, I, I cannot commit to that. And so it's like, when you see 935, 900, the only way, I got to look it up right now. The, the other thing we fell into was the Pokemon anime. Yeah. Uh, which was another I, I I do not think I'm unique in that uh, that was an anime that I watched. There's 1,118 episodes of the fucking Pokemon anime. Yeah. 1,000 episodes. Yeah. Oh my god! I can't. It, are there are there a lot of animes like that that just have a bajillion episodes? There are quite a few. How? Quite a few. With what uh, money? Uh, I listen. Some of them, uh, yeah, some of these animation studios, like they just, they, they find that, that thing that works for them and they just, they just keep making that. <laughs> well, God bless them. Uh, yeah. Like I can't, it's, it's, ah, man, it blows, it blows my mind. Do you, for, so for our audience at home, actually, I think we have a discord question related to this okay. um, from Boiler Huff. Um, what are some of your top anime series recommendations? Oh, well, it depends on what kind of fiction you like. <laughs> I like that answer uh, because something I've I've always, even though I'm not the biggest animesman, uh, I, yeah. something I appreciate about that genre and that medium is that uh, literally, that manga as well, literally every genre and every type of story is represented within totally. that medium. And it's something, yeah. it's something I would like to see happen more often with American animation. Um, yeah. Because I think the... Anybody that's watched Avatar: The Last Airbender or The Legend of Korra or any of the, or I, I can't, I've always recommended, you know, uh, Primal on Adult Swim, which just came out last year. Yeah. Um, you see the 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 ability for that medium of animation right. to tell a variety of types of stories. Yes, that, that, and I think would benefit from that. Yeah, um, and I'm glad that like anime embraces that, and Western animation is like. Yeah, but like, what if it was yeah. a bunch of fart jokes or dick jokes or whatever? Jo- you yes. know what I mean? It's like, well, yep, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's something that anime has always done extremely well. Is again, like, anime is a medium; it yeah. is not a genre. So I can't really recommend anime unless I know what genre of fiction you like. I mean, I I would recommend anybody that like likes american superhero stories for an entry point like my hero academia is great because it plays on all those american superhero tropes but also could kind of helps familiarize you with some of the recurring sort of visual gags and things that you do see come up repeatedly across anime um uh you know if you if you like uh like uh, crime with a touch of the supernatural. I highly recommend I do like Erased. Crime with a touch of supernatural. Uh, Erased is so freaking good. Uh, if you like sports, but really heartwarming stories that also appeal to like the um, has good like LGBTQ representation, I'd recommend Yuri on Ice. Um, if you like David Lynch, but also Magical Girls, uh, I'd recommend my personal favorite series, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Um, <laughs> Wait, hold on, real quick. On that note. Um, yes i've been watching have you have you watched the twin peaks revival yes i have okay so i've just i've just started diving into it i didn't have okay. time at the time and you know we're in a pandemic so i was like you know what? i'm just gonna buy the season yeah yeah and i'm about hip deep in dale as dougie yes yes, yes. And, and i'm and i'm ready for them to resolve that I'm it's re- wild. Yeah, I'm ready. It's wild. It, it felt like a like a, a solid half episode bit, uh-huh. and now I'm like three episodes you know, in. And I'm like, why? I think my big question is, why is nobody calling Dougie a doctor? Like, we yes. need, cl- there's clearly something wrong with there's Dougie. Something wrong. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I watched the Twin Peaks revival. I I liked. It. I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I did like it. Um. Uh. And but I but also like. There were points where I was like, 
you know, I think it's good that David Lynch previously had somebody telling him to rein it in a little. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> is interesting. It's so funny because my uh, I, I like to exp- like every uh, significant other. I like to expose my wife to things that I enjoy. Yes, and uh, she has given me a lot of leeway and found a lot of enjoyment in stuff that I would label as traditionally weird. Um, she's sure. grown to be a big fan of Doom Patrol, uh, which you can watch on HBO oh, Max. Oh yeah, yeah. She she really enjoyed Mandy, which I thought would have been I thought would have been a challenge for her. I love Mandy, and she really enjoyed that. The yeah. one that she will not give me uh, any leverage on <laughs> is Lynch. It's Twin Peaks. Yeah, uh, well, no, just anything Lynch because she any watched. David Lynch. Yeah, she started watching Blue Velvet. Is one of my favorite movies, okay. and um, she was watching that with me, and she's like, I can't, I can't, I just can't do this. And I played her um, so to go into Twin Peaks: The Return. I said this on a previous episode, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, I watched the I, I had I had watched the original series up until and through the reveal of who killed. Oh, okay, Laura okay, Palmer. okay. Because yeah. then I heard it got dodgy after that, and then a couple. It episodes, does get dodgy after that, <laughs> and a couple episodes after that, I'm like, oh yeah, it is, and so I bailed. Yeah. And so to get ready for the new show, I watched the, the season finale and the movie. Uh, oh, firewalk with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I uh, there's a specific scene in the in the last episode of the original show uh, involving a bank uh, and somebody chaining themselves up in front of a bank that I think is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my yes. entire life. Yes, I know exactly. What you're the whole about. the whole fucking sequence and the way it ends is like this is great. So it's I, so funny. I played her that, and she's like, right. "Okay, that's fine." And she, we started watching scenes in the red room, and she, and it was the same thing. She's like, "I can't. Why do you? Wa- I can't do this. I just yeah. can't." <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what it is about Lynch's sensibility. I think it's the way I like to describe his sensibility is it's not, it's not necessarily dream logic. It's nightmare oh. logic. It's that same yeah. like where you're talking to your uncle, but it's not your uncle, and also he's a spider. It's like it's, 100%. It's you that know what? Thing. Like you literally like hit the nail on the head, and like I had this visceral reaction of like, oh, this is why I like David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I think that's the re- – she can handle like, like weird stuff, but that sort sure. of like ephemeral dream, like what is – even yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, like I tried to, after I watched, I needed to talk to somebody after I watched Firewalk with me. And I'm like, the little guy is the arm. He yeah, is the arm. He's the arm. And yeah. she was like, I don't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. Thank you for letting, giving me, as, as I watch through it, I'm, I'm probably going to bring this up in every episode as I watch The Return, just because I need people to help me process it. Yes. <laughs> process yeah. what I'm seeing. So, uh, I totally interrupted you. I'm sorry. It's the anime. No. If you like, if you like Twin Peaks, but uh, anime girls, what was the recommendation? Oh, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Gotcha. Uh, I think it's still all streaming for free too on um, Nozaki Entertainment's YouTube channel. Uh, cool. Yeah, it's one of my faves. Um, yeah, along those same lines, Princess Tutu is great. It's like weird magic. I, I like weird dark magical girl stuff. Love um, it. So like that and. Uh, uh, uh Madoka um what other I'm trying to think I mean you know people always will come in with things that with base answers like oh Cowboy Bebop or Samurai Champloo which are both like I mean Shinichiro Watanabe is a wonderful director along those lines I'd recommend Carolyn Tuesday which is just like a little it's a little more slice of lifey um but it still takes place in like a sort of near sci-fi future but it just happens to be about two girls trying to break into the music industry. Uh, is, but it's great. Is there, um, when it comes to anime, excuse me, when it comes to anime, 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 anime yeah. um, as we talked about, it's a medium. Um, are there genres in it that you're like, nope, hard pass? <laughs> um, I don't watch a lot of the really like, okay, I'm going to, let me preface this with, uh, I'm absolutely obsessed with and adore food wars. Um, okay. So this is going to sound super weird because I'm like, I don't really like the H-E, like fan servicey kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, food wars is a parody. Food wars okay. is a parody of the shonen genre. Got it. And there is, oh, like unbelievably over the top levels of fan service, but it's equal opportunity. It's men and women. Cool. Um, and again, it's this, inc- it's like this genius parody of like the very serious shonen fighting anime, yeah. except like they're, they're cooking food. Love like it. it's, Oh my God. It's so good. I highly recommend food wars. It's so fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's some stuff that is like purely straight fan service. Um, and it's, it is not porn. 
but it dances that line. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and, and, you know, that stuff to me is just really, really male gazy. Um, yeah. And I, I don't personally get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, that is, that is definitely a genre that like, I don't think really translates to, uh, having sort of a, a Western equivalent as much, yeah. um, certainly not in mainstream media. Um, yeah. but yeah, that it's like, okay. So like people think of anime and like hentai obviously is like porn. Yeah. So that's like a certain level of pervert. H <laughs> E is like a little under that level. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a lot of, a lot of fan service, but like, it's not explicit. Yeah. I, I will say, obviously um, we, for our anime show, we watched my hero academia and both Sam and I really enjoyed it. We're excited yeah. to watch season three. Once it's translate, once there's dubs. Uh, uh, Cause I get the, I get the debate. <laughs> they, subs there, versus dubs. There are, no, there are, there are dubs. They're just on Funimation. No, well, when it's on Hulu, I'll check it out. Uh, <laughs> but, but, um, uh, and I, and under when I, it's weird when I'm watching like a live action, like if I'm watching Akira Kurosawa, it's like, Ooh, subs or, oh, yeah. or old boy or anything like sure. that but with sure. anime. It's like, no, give me the dubs. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to have to read right now. Um, there's no, there's no judgment on my part. It's mouth flaps. You know what exactly. I mean? Like the, it, there's nothing weird about dubbing anime because again, the mouths are just flapping. They're not forming words. And also I will say, I think when typically, at least in my experience, when you're watching uh, a European film or, or a film from Japan or Korea or something like that, um, the dubbing is usually uh, uni- uniformly bad. Um, yeah. Not to, not to throw any of those voice artists under no, the bus. Whereas, no. but anime dubbing can sometimes be really good. Like it can be, and, and especially in modern times, you yeah. know what I mean. Like anime dubbing has only gotten better over time. And you know, there, you know, you look at like the really early examples, like the Speed Racers of it all, yeah. and. and the Old ADR Voltron. script. Oh yeah, the ADR yeah. script writers had no idea what to do. They literally just like wrote. Ev- they just like translated it, and the actors just had to talk really, really fast and hope it worked out. Yeah. And so yeah, dubs were dubs were previously bad, and then you know back in the day too, they, they took a much more cartoonish, like Western cartoonish approach to dubbing. So the characters you know, you'd have these serious stories and these characters would have these super cartoony voices that did not fit the tone of the show at all. But again, that was just us in, in Western, in the West in you know, North America doing what we thought cartoons were, you know what I mean? And, And as the years have gone on, there's, you know, been this greater level of respect for anime. And, you know, you look at something like Cowboy Bebop and that the reason that dub is so good is because they put, they spent a lot of money on it and also took a lot of time with it. Yeah. And then went, Oh shit. Like anime can. And because there was such a positive response to that series from a Western audience, I think that really helped pave the way for what dubs are now absolutely but when we were talking about um my hero the the even though it's great we're talking about the fan service stuff there is some yeah, fan service stuff that i'm like is- what it, what i don't think this is okay <laughs> these are kids <laughs> um but i will say so when watching that there there were moments like um obviously akira is something that in it's i would attribute it to a similar to like a watchman or a citizen king yeah where it's like this is the thing and you're like all right and then i watched i'm like oh i get it this is great i know it's so good this is really incredible um uh and so i have a lot of respect for that medium the other thing that i watched when i was younger that gave me a lot of respect for the medium is um i something i haven't really heard people talk a lot about but it was on adult swim and i watched it with a friend of mine i want to say late high school okay was something called paranoia agent oh yeah paranoia uh, agent uh, by satoshi Kon. uh yeah. blew my mind blew yeah. my mind as a kid and then when i was looking i'm like what is this like as i got old like i had memories of it and whenever i forget the name and i, I forget the name fairly regularly right. I, I just look up little slugger and little slugger anime because that's the thing i remember and that's awesome thinking about like the motivations behind it and how it was that creators how he perceived japan responding to a lot of of japanese media responding to hiroshima which is weird the biggest bomb in the world got dropped in your country and you're like huh oh weird and we're still processing that yeah Yeah, we're still processing that weirdly um yeah it's super interesting like if you look at sort of apocalypse stories in japan there's so many where there's like 
Neo Tokyo or mm-hmm. like Tokyo 2030. You know what I mean? Because there's so much of the like, there's so much uh, like apocalypse fiction where they have rebuilt as opposed to it just being chaos and yeah. nothingness, which is what you usually find in Western apocalypse fiction where it's like Mad Max. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, even though that's Australian, it's still a so, very yeah. like Euro- European um sort of sentimentality or or mentality rather uh whereas like because japan literally had a the largest bomb in the world dropped on them yeah there's so much about them rebuilding yeah and i think that's actually a really interesting comparison i think you you could make the argument that like with the western stuff it's like what if we lose all that we had whereas yeah. japan, japan's like not only have we, we been, did. yeah, not only have we been through that, but every seven years there's a tsunami that v- destroys all our nuclear reactors, and we have 100%. to deal with that shit. So it's like, yep. come talk to me later once you've had to deal with any of that. All right, um, uh-huh. that that's really interesting. But I do recommend for people that might be, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, lowering the bars and entering that stuff. I do recommend checking out stuff that you might not be in your real house, at least when yeah. it comes to mediums. Like if you're like anime is not for me, well, anime. A pretty broad spectrum, yeah, it's and I pretty think, broad. and I think if you find the right thing, you it it will help. Um, be do do you did you have like an anime gateway? Something that was <laughs> yeah, of course I did. <laughs> what, what was what was your gateway for that? Sailor Moon, they classic. It was totally Sailor Moon. I you know I. I watched Sailor Moon when it was originally airing in syndication in uh, starting in fall of 95. Um, and it was on some UPN networks um, like real early in the morning. But I uh, and I remember like I would watch it before I would go to horseback riding because I usually had to get up and go to riding like pretty early in the morning. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I um, uh And I remember really liking it when I was nine. Um, But then when it started airing on Toonami, I want to say like 98 or 99 is because it was like in the OG Toonami lineup. Um, So I was older. I was I was like 12 or 13. um, And the characters were supposed to be like 14, 15. Um, So it just like really resonated with me in a way, um, especially because it was a whole team of girl superheroes. Absolutely. Um, And uh that to me was really exciting because when you have a cast that has a lot of women in it um, and you don't just have to have one girl who is representative of her entire gender, yeah, uh, you had a lot more diversity in terms of like personality types. Um, and so I just, I loved that show. Uh, and because I loved it so much, I was like, I want to put any anime into my body that I can get my eyeballs on. Um, And, you know, so like at that time, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z were both airing in the Toonami lineup. And eventually, you know, they started adding in things uh, like Ronin Warriors and Gundam Wing. And um, I'm trying to think like what else I remember really watching on Toonami. But the thing is, because I got so into sailor moon and wanted to seek out so much other anime at that point it was like i was out i was out there like buying dvds getting illegal fan subs like the whole the whole thing i was in deep on anime you're there it would be um because a show i really enjoyed on netflix was the uh voltron remake of the same animation studio that did avatar and stuff like that would you be interested in something like that for sailor moon um I don't know. Uh, I think that Sailor, you know, I definitely wouldn't mind it because it would be cool to see like a Sailor Moon where, you know, you have a little more like diversity amongst the characters and stuff, which is one of the things I definitely don't hate about the weird live action animated hybrid Sailor Moon that never happened. Okay. Um, uh, is that they did have a diverse cast um, cool. and you know they also had a disabled girl like a girl who was in a wheelchair like I, that like the concept behind it was well the concept behind it was wild but <laughs> the, that part of it was good yeah 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 uh, uh and if you don't know about that i uh did a whole video for ranker actually explaining the history of sailor moon in north america go check uh, it out which is real real fun wait when you said like a live action uh animated hybrid were they trying to pull a power rangers number where it's like the live action oh my god 
Correct, except they were brand new animated segments because obviously they have this ca- like diverse cast. Okay. So yeah, it's wild. Wow. It's wild. Okay. Um, didn't happen. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Sailor Moon's been redone a lot. Uh, is the thing. Uh, and Toei's pretty has a pretty tight leash on those rights yeah. um uh as does the creator nako Takeuchi. but um yeah i mean i also honestly my favorite version of sailor moon and i say this without a shred of irony and y'all can judge me if you want but it's the live action sailor moon pretty guardian sailor moon um that was made in like 2004 i want to say maybe it was a little later than that um but uh it's why I mean it's Tokusatsu. It's like Power Rangers, yeah. um, uh, and uh, so it's mostly you know them fighting people who are wearing monster costumes. Um, I, ju- I literally uh, just looked it up, and I'm into it. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, the the special effects are cheesy as hell. Like, yeah, I well, you cannot know. deny that. But the character, like the costume design for the Sailor Fuku, are amazing. Their wigs are great. Cool. Um, uh, and uh, the the way that they, because they only cover the first story arc of Sailor Moon in that show across like 53 episodes. And whereas in the original anime, they expanded and all the stuff in between were largely filler episodes. They were Monster of the Week. Um, you know, you could skip five or six episodes and still know what was going on. Yeah. In Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, every minute counts. Yeah. Uh, and the way that they expand the story and just the level of character development that happens in that version, I'm like, I don't really need anything else because this is kind of perfect to me the way that it is. That's awesome. I really dig that. I think that's cool. Uh, yeah. uh, going back to our dub um, uh, discussion, Kevin Good yes. in the chat says uh, he wanted to point out the four kids one piece dub is apparently pretty infamously not great. Um, uh, yeah, the so, Funimation dub's good though. So there you go. So you got the, uh, there, there are the good dubs out there. So before I let you go, I did want to take a second to, to circle back to the gaming thing because you said, yeah. um, you said something uh, we were talking about the um, games and just the different experiences uh, people can have with that. And I wanted to know if you'd had um, any experiences with gaming, any like emotional moments with gaming. Gaming? It, with gaming. Oh my God, are you kidding me? I cry at every video game I play practically. <laughs> I think especially since you played uh, JRPGs and stuff like that. I yeah. think there might be something. I, I think, mean, yeah. I mean, y'all. My favorite video game of all time is Final Fantasy VII. And I don't know if you know this, but there's a remake that's happening in installments, the first of which dropped in April. Um, And it was literally like somebody went into my brain, my memory of how cool Final Fantasy VII was when I played it for the first time when I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And they they made the game I remembered, which is not the actual game Mm -hmm. for the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the game for the record. Um, And I have to give credit uh, to my friend Heather Campbell uh, for that. I read that in a tweet and I, I was like, oh my God, that is just exactly how i feel um and like seeing these characters because like i want like one of my favorite fictional characters of all time is tifa lockhart who is the um heroine in final fantasy 7 um and like just the way that they expanded these characters the way they fleshed out this world and like seeing these characters who previously i saw as weird pixels have like fully animated facial expressions and voices and oh my god it just like i i cannot even tell you like how thrilling that was for me um yeah like i'm literally getting teary just like thinking about it uh, so and i love it that, that's amazing I, I do have to ask because i think last time you came on our 200th episode and and Me. that was literally just when quarantine was just starting I and know. final fantasy 7 had just dropped and for somebody like me obviously you know i'd seen cloud and tifa and all that stuff but yeah. I, I had not played the game i think i had like an n64 not a playstation so i didn't i hadn't played the game i was the opposite is there <laughs> is there, oh, i was always behind so whenever all my friends had the super nes i had the sega genesis when everybody uh, had the playstation i had the n64 you know what I, mean? I was always like yeah, one yeah. step behind um i'm very happy with my ps4 right now uh, a lot of great games on that yeah, uh, but so for somebody like me that always found like the iconography of it like really compelling but had yeah. not played the original game yes is there merit in me because i've kind of heard mixed things on this front is there merit for somebody like me playing the remake especially since it is it is an installment <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it is an installments. Um, also, you know, I had like a spoiler discussion about it on my Twitch channel with a bunch of people who all are fans of the original game. And so as a fan of the original game, there's definitely extra enjoyment that you get out of it. But yeah. I also personally know a number of people who had never played the original Um uh, this one uh, guy comes to mind who's part of the hyper RPG community and does a lot of great um, uh, fan art for it. He's Veldrin on social media. Um, great. Really great artist. Highly recommend you check him out. But he basically like he was tweeting about it, I remember. And he said, you know, based on what people were saying about this game, I never played the original. He's like, I was expecting something like really serious and and like uh dark and blah 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 he's like this game is goofy as hell like what yeah. i love this um so i think that you, you know i understand there's a there's a small level of warranted disappointment from people who never played the original who like wanted a faithful remake yeah um because this isn't so much a remake as it is a requel. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I, I heard some some things along those lines, which also um, lended to my trepidation for diving sure, into it. Sure, hundred percent. That being said, I look at it as like Star Wars. Yeah, you don't have to have like watched all of Star Wars Rebels to enjoy Rogue One. I don't know. Have you talked but, to a Star Wars fan? Some of those people would disagree with you. <laughs> well, some of them would, but I'm yeah. not one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not one of them. But if you watch, but if you did read or, or if you did watch all of Star Wars Rebels, which I recommend because yeah. it's very, very good, there's some moments in Rogue One where you're like, God damn. Yeah. Cool. So that's my feeling about it is that like it can absolutely be enjoyed as a game all on its own. Uh, if you have not played the original, uh, you're going to be confused as hell by the ending. Okay. Uh, but. In all honesty, people who played the original are as confused as hell by the ending. But cool. it just gave it gave them a nice a, a nice place to like theorize in the way that nerds like to do. <laughs> we, do we do like to do that. I will say, talking about video game memories, uh, one that came to mind um, for me, and it's a more recent one, is um, playing Red Dead Redemption Two. Yes. Um, light spoilers for that. Um, you play a character named Arthur Morgan, and at a certain point in the game. Uh, he, he discovers he has tuberculosis, tuberculosis and he's dying. And uh, <laughs> when you find out where he got it, this like one little throwaway mission at the beginning of the game, and it for some reason oh. it re the weight of it, it, it suddenly suddenly. And I think to me that was a great example of the interaction of the medium. He's he's having a there's a scene where he's having a conversation with a nun. Mm -hmm. and she's like you're a good person and he's like i've done some bad things and then i think about all the things i've done in the game and now i'm complicit in those things when arthur morgan says I i'm a bad person i'm complicit in him being a bad person and now yeah. suddenly i'm more invested in the narrative this story's telling about what it means to be you know because there's a lot of meditation on what freedom is and yeah. your place in the world and the ending of the west and as somebody that likes westerns and all that stuff suddenly like i was i i i was affected yeah. And then by the end, yeah. I was like, I, I, "Damn, I'm, I, I'm in this. Like, I, I'm affected by it." And and then even uh, there's a there's a post game that is admittedly kind of boring, but that's kind of the point. Is yeah. is that character is trying to live a normal life, and he's chafing at the at the bit a little bit because he used to have an adventurous life. And then as a gamer, you're like. I kind of want to get back to shooting people. You know what I mean? And that's how yeah. he feels. And now you're feeling the way the character feels. And I think that's, I, I remember uh, vividly when I worked at Barnes and Noble years ago, I told a coworker that I think books and video games kind of mirror each other and that books kind of put you in the, because yeah. of, of the narrative sense, you're putting that the yeah. head of the protagonist, you're, you're putting that space, whereas video games put you in the action, put you in, in the physical space in a sense of the protagonist. Yeah. She did not like that analogy. She was very much a book person and not a game person and did not oh. appreciate the, the, what I was going for, but I still stand by it. I think. No, I, I, I get that completely. Like as somebody who, who really likes to read, but also really enjoys video games because it is it is that other level of like when you're reading there's like you're actively like 
consuming a narrative yeah. in a way that's different than watching something just play out in a movie or a TV show. Yeah. Um, and while games certainly nowadays particularly are very, very cinematic, you still are getting involved in the story and having to make the choice to go forward yeah. in the way that you do in books. Yeah, they're not, they're, both of those mediums are not passive uh, media as much as it sounds like I'm dunking on movies. I'm not. I love movies and TV. Shows. No, I love movies. Are you uh, kidding me? It's just a, it's just a different experience. Um, Emma, thank you so much for yeah, joining me today. Course, always, always love having you on the show. Just one more time for people tuning in late. I don't know what that means for a podcast, yeah, but like, where yeah. can people find you? What are you up to? All that. Yeah. So I'm at Emma Fife everywhere, all over the internet, uh, mostly Twitter and Instagram. And I'm also on Twitch, uh, Emma Fife, twitch.tv slash Emma Fife. Um, catch me on the download Wednesday through Friday on Venn TV that you can find that at Venn.tv. You can find Venn TV on YouTube or uh, twitch.tv slash watch Venn. Those are all great places uh, that you can check it out where we're breaking down all the all the top news stories entertainment and otherwise <laughs> amazing so please go check out Ven. uh go check out the download go support that go be a part of that community um for those of you um checking out this show if you want more of it you can go to only or you can go to patreon.com slash only where you can listen to episodes like that this early you can be a part of uh them live and leave uh comments in our chat um and just be uh, more involved and a bigger part of that and help support the show and keep the lights on and keep us doing this thing uh you can also follow me at dj talks trash and you can follow uh this podcast at only stupid answers yank out the vowels of stupid on twitter emma thank you again for joining us of thank course. you for everybody in the chat for joining us and we'll see you again next week Bye-bye. bye bye bye